Hello and welcome to Wine Grants, unscripted chat about the unfunded, which is the official podcast of the unfunded list. And I'm Dave Moss, the founder of the list and the host of this podcast. Welcome. I am in a very small booth with Jonathan Benenson from House of Genius. Please say hello, Jonathan. Hello. Nice to have you here in a booth. Thank you. Nice to be here. Uh, we are, uh, you had told me that your, uh, the little lady prefers uh, Barbarossa or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> I hadn't heard of it. I went to the wine store and asked if they had Barbarossa, and they did not. But I was told that this is similar, so we're having it. The people who make this wine don't give me any money, so we're not going to say the name of the brand, but it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it we is. did get started a little bit before recording. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, so, I'd like to begin by reading my guest's bio out loud. And what I do is I Google your name and find the, the first available bio. Oh, and you really sweet. can't complain about that because you are in charge of your own Google presence. Well, You're the one who put, you clearly are the one who put this bio up which I believe I found at Benenson.com or something of that sort. Fair. And uh, one of the best parts of the podcast for me is to watch you recoil in terror as I read your entire bio out loud to you. And that's going to happen now. Okay, I'm going to take my clothes off (laughs) to maximize the recoiling. Great. I believe that innovation driven by entrepreneurs is capable of solving all of the challenges that we face as humans and as part of the global ecosystem. As a result, my passion is to drive innovation around the world by building communities that encourage and support entrepreneurs. As for me, I am a serial entrepreneur, mentor, author, investor, and international speaker. I'm into social entrepreneurship and impact investing, which means I believe we can do well while doing good. My ventures and investments serve the global community while balancing investor returns. You may have read about my inventors in several publications internationally, including the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Barron's, and Business Weekly. Bringing you the business of the week. I was, I was On a weekly keep. basis. Every week. Yes. This week's business. Week by week. Once <laughs> every seven days. <laughs> every seven days we bring you the business of the week. Business week. Sorry, I, like, I, we don't bring me down the business week rabbit hole. I want to spend an entire day tweeting at them. Oof. <laughs> What's the business this week? That's one seventh. Hey, business week. That's one seventh of their whole <laughs> tell me the weeks. Tell me the weeks. This, tell me this week's business. Wow. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, also, there's a lot more to this bio. In my off time, I mentor youth, female, and minority entrepreneurs around the world. I also advise businesses and governmental organizations on how to create entrepreneurial ecosystems and ways to engage the millennial generation. I'm proud to have been named a fellow of the Royal Society of Arts for my commitment to service through entrepreneurship. When I'm not working, uh, you can find me behind a book or spending time with my wife and daughter. You might also find me eating street food on a sidewalk in Southeast Asia. Miscellaneous. Yes. I used to be an attorney, transactional business law and environmental law, but I stopped, mostly because I cannot be both an attorney and an optimist. Fact. I think that's probably true. I am an ex-junior Olympic fencer. Does that mean that you used to be a junior and are currently an Olympic fencer? Ooh, you're going to have to check out the Wikipedia page <laughs> on that. All right. Uh, I once talked my way into a job as puppeteer at Jim Henson's Creature Shop. 
puppeteer story. Sure. That's, I think, how you get all, that's how all puppeteers get jobs. Mm-hmm. By talking their way into it. How else would you determine a puppeteer's ability? Uh, you have to move your hand at the same time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen, um, speaking of pup- puppetry, I just uh, I saw a play uh, called Hand to God at Studio Theater here in D.C.? No, I've not seen it. Oh, man. Uh, they, so they just, I think they just started the fourth extended run for it. Okay. Uh, all the actors also have puppets. It's, um, it's fantastic. It's one, of the, it's one of the funniest plays I've ever, I've ever seen. No, person. I've never seen it. In fact, I've never even heard of it. But I did see Avenue Q oh, with sure. my mom, which, you know, to the listeners who haven't seen Avenue Q, uh, maybe don't see it with your mom. <laughs> I saw Hand to God with my mom. Uh, and was, it, was there a graphic puppet sex, sex scene? Yes. Oh, okay. In fact, it's far more graphic than Avenue Q. Oh. Considerably. Okay. It makes Avenue Q look like Sesame Street. I think that's what it was supposed to look like. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It they actually all look a lot like Sesame. Like just if you just look at it, <laughs> mm-hmm. look and sound like like the the it was that much more vulgar. Well, I did I learn. Mean. I did learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was puppet, uh, uh, all sorts of di- of different kinds of puppet sex. Delightful. <laughs> uh, like a variety of. There's a one scene where they just keep switching positions. It was uh, it was really something. Uh, sorry, I normally start the stopwatch before, so we'll start now. Uh, welcome to the booth, Jonathan. Thank you. Um, I have, what I have not been able to admit until now is that I, uh, actually, st- I founded the Unfunded List, started doing a podcast, recorded 25 episodes, all with a long-term goal of getting you in here with a booth with me. So, wow. mission accomplished. Cheers. <laughs> Finally, happy to have you here. That puts a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on me to perform today. Well, uh, I'll tell you uh, a few. Re- there are a few reasons other than you being a generally delightful person. Oh, stop! Shut and up. the you cool are. experiences that you have in your bio uh, that I wanted to have you in the booth. Uh, in particular, uh, I like your organization, House of Genius. Thank you. you guys provide feedback to folks, which is what we do at the Unfunded List. Uh, also, that you were at the Clinton Global Initiative last week, which is an event I've never been able to attend. I go up to the UN General Assembly events. I know a lot of our listeners are generally up in New York for UNGA week mm-hmm. and may now, in fact, be nursing some sort of UNGOVER. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes. That's the sort of... <laughs> Depending on how many people are listening to this, I, I may steal that and pretend I came up with it. Uh, so I should, I should mention that Anastasia Galaccio came up with that. or That's where I heard it. Oof. Yeah. And if anybody knows an ungover. Lord, <laughs> Lord knows. Uh, yeah, no, uh, so I, used to, I I normally go to the Social Good Summit and a few other things up there for that. I uh, uh, was working on other things down here in D.C., didn't able to attend. Never have I had the privilege of attending the Clinton Global Initiative. As I understand, uh, I understand two things. You, I believe, led a panel discussion or something, and also um, that this will be the last one. Yeah. Um, whether or not uh, the world ends in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we are going to make America great again, I feel like, either way. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm just trying to make this booth great again. Well, and it's, it's a as small, I, as it's I a small noted, booth. Mission accomplished. Hey. <laughs> that. So I, uh, I went to CGI. I also went to, to do the UNGA. Mm-hmm. thing. Uh, CGI was an interesting experience. Initially, we went, uh, House of Genius went as a partner 
of the Clinton Foundation and of CGI. However, in light of this being the last CGI, there were a lot of last minute changes made and, and one of those last minute changes was to switch up the format which was originally going to be House of Genius sessions at CGI and I'll explain what that means in a moment uh, and and that became uh, my team and I moderating tables uh, over lunch uh, to cover a number of issues. Uh, as it happens we still ended up pulling off some House of Genius events, mm -hmm. uh, but but that's that's the long tragic tale of how we got into the door without having to pay twenty thousand dollars a ticket. And that's how much tickets are. And that's that's the word on the street, yeah. and it's a very nice street. Very and nice. I imagine there are there are several participants that are contributing well beyond twenty thousand. I, I I would imagine. In fact, I met several of them. Uh, and good for them. Yep. Uh, the uh, where was it held? Uh, so one of the New York hotels or something? Yeah, the Sheraton, I think. The Sheraton? The Sheraton. That's nice. They got a nice bar. Th they do. Um, I didn't I didn't hit it, however. Uh, I understand, CJ, that bar, I think I've heard this before from other people, that bar is actually where you, you meet the bigwigs and such. Uh, it very well could be. Uh, the bigwigs tended to be, in my experience, uh, a few other places. At least that's where I found them. Uh, I suppose uh, everyone's a bigwig in some universe if they're at CGI, right? I would think so. There were there were people there who were bigwigs, had a lot of money. Like Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton, I've heard of him. Um, he was the president. Oh, Bill Clinton. Yeah, and oh, I think he, oh, I think oh, he is oh, also yeah, involved in the right. I think he's I think he's involved with the with the foundation as mm. well. So, uh, there there were some bigwigs there. There were a lot of people there representing organizations. There was a lot of fundraising mm -hmm. going on there. Active fundraising. Active fundraising going on there. And how does that how does that happen in an event like that? If someone says, we're trying to raise this much money by this date, do you know anyone who can help? I mean, that's the ask I usually get. Yeah, there's, uh, there was a bit of that, but it was, it, it was, it was a bit more high class, a little more pinky up. Uh, it was, this is the impact that we're having in the world dot 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 right there was uh there wasn't so much a direct ask i don't know if that's part of the culture uh, at are CPR. there are you given so sometimes at these things there are rules at about solicitation there, there may very well be i'm i don't read the materials mm. uh what what was clear was that there there was there was a culture of not necessarily act, asking directly unless it was in a forum where you were expected or or invited. They to have pitch directly. sessions or things like that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be weird if there was a no solicitation policy. But <laughs> that's that's really funny. I should <laughs> I should own a pitch event where you're not it's just the one rule is you can't ask for anything. Yeah. Pitch. Uh, <laughs> you know, in, in general, I haven't gone to other CGIs before. The was this this was the only one? Yeah, this oh. this this was this was my first, first and last. Only. First and only. Uh, my understanding was that this one was a little more subdued mm. than some of the others have been. Uh, maybe it's because it was the last. Maybe it's because of uh, uh, Hillary's. There campaign. may be other things they don't want to draw attention from. Yeah, I, there, there 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 are a number of question marks around that. No need to no need to postulate. But what what is clear is that. Uh, according to people who had been there before, it was a little, little quieter than it had been in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so, talk to me about the. Uh, well, so why don't you? 
uh, we can get two birds with one stone here. You tell me a little bit about what a House of Genius is. Mm-hmm. I know, of course, I am. I attended a session once, which I suppose means I'm a. I'm not a genius. It's the. Oh no, you are I a gave, genius. I was one of the. I'm a genius. You, 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 you are one of the genii. Uh, cool. You, you have genius to. So share. this is not gonna give you a lot of credibility. No. <laughs> but why don't you go ahead and tell us what you mean, uh, what that means? So House of Genius is an organization that brings together, at least initially, when when House of Genius started, uh, would bring together entrepreneurs, uh, for profit, not for profit, of any size, from from a startup through you know a billion dollar company, to bring those entrepreneurs together with a diverse cross-section of their community. 15 to 20 people, small group, everyone from the stay-at-home dad to the, to the CEO, scientist, journalist, teacher, uh, investor, attorney, trying to get every voice into the room and everyone comes in without business cards, without egos, on a first-name basis to help each entrepreneur in turn answer a question that they don't know how to answer or solve about their business. Uh, that's where House of Genius started six, seven years ago. Since then, it's grown not only in terms of where it is in the world. We're, we're now in uh, a couple dozen countries and growing very quickly. Uh, we've also grown in the populations that we serve. So the ultimate goal is to bridge communities. And when we talk about helping entrepreneurs, we're not just helping entrepreneurs succeed or fail faster. We're helping the community understand that everyone, everyone, everyone has genius to share. Everyone has a horse in the race when it comes to supporting innovators and entrepreneurs, and everyone should be able to engage to help. Uh, taking taking those values, we've we've started exploring new uh, new communities to support. So we are, as of this year and next year, supporting students in schools all across the socioeconomic scale. Uh, helping them to understand where they fit into the world of innovation, where they fit into the world in general. And they come together, they, they solve a problem, and then we connect them with adults in their community who, who don't just say, oh, that's a neat idea for a kid. They say, okay, let's workshop this idea. Let's get this to something that can actually happen. And on one hand, you've got the kids who are being seen, who are being heard, and on the other hand, you have the community seeing and hearing these kids. Mm-hmm. And as you slide down the socioeconomic scale, that starts to get much more attractive in terms of the impact that that can have mm, on society. Absolutely. We're doing similar work in prisons for inmates who've, uh, who have ideas Very who want to come out. We're working and we have uh, just the, the numbers on how many prisoners we have, even if a very small percentage of them have ideas. It's a lot of ideas there. I mean, similar programs have taken recidivism from the highest class, which is 80% and above, down to 9% or lower. Mm-hmm. So massive impact here. We're working with indigenous and first people communities. Uh, this is something that, uh, if all goes well, be, we'll be working with uh, uh, the Obama Foundation to, to continue that work. Cool. And we're working with the State Department to use House of Genius as a tool for international diplomacy. So eventually it could be the, the OGI. <laughs> I would go to that. I'd, uh, I'd drop the twenty grand to, to attend to the OGI. <laughs> mm. I, mean, the, I the, actually, I, honestly, it depends on what it was. But I'm, I, in terms of the, pub, the 
situations in which I would purchase a twenty thousand dollar ticket, the inaugural like Obama Global Global Initiative might be, might be it. I mean, you you would be like the OGIOG. <laughs> we need to let's after this we will draft up a proposal for the foundation. Wait, you can edit that. O- <laughs> you can edit that OGIOG out, right? That? Yeah, is that yeah. something that people are gonna? Nope, peop, that's that's I've recorded that. Mm-hmm. People kn- people are gonna know. Like twelve or thirteen people are gonna know that you said that, and one of them, and one the, of them is my mother. And, Hi, and, mom. And also my mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> I think she'll probably think it's funny if she depend- knows, assuming and, she knows what an OG is. And and depending how on how long she listens to this, also my wife. Mm-hmm. Hi, honey. I love you. Hardly anybody like we are well past. We're probably up near fifteen minutes. Hardly anybody listens this long. So feel free to say whatever. This is where I start trying to give real advice, like you say useful things. Uh, so feel free to start. You know. Being smarter to, than you to, were in the to first say half. Say something useful. <laughs> no, I'm just no. That was uh, that was very interesting. Uh, no, and I think a lot of the, I think some of that the 12 people who listen, uh, you know, probably probably should find out more about House of Genius, uh, and we'll uh, give them a link or something uh, so that they can conveniently do that. Hmm. Uh, the uh, so at you were going to run sessions with CGI participants mm-hmm. where they were giving mm-hmm. feedback to mm-hmm. folks, uh, and that ended up. Becoming a, a shorter sessions, you had to abridge it. Yeah, we well, we ended up not bringing in the entrepreneurs, which was which was something that was going to happen. There were some phenomenal entrepreneurs from all different communities, including one who was a refugee, hmm. uh, which was all very attractive uh, in terms of the impact we could have. What we ended up doing instead was using the same format to just generally workshop solutions to broader questions around what we should do, for example, with refugees, what we should do uh, around oceans, clean water, um, medical uh, vaccinations, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it, did you find it useful? I mean, it was different than how you normally do your I, program, I mean, right? I, so. I always find it useful. Uh-huh. Uh, the question is, did, did the participants find it useful? And, and the answer is they did. You know, one of the conventions of House of Genius is that we don't, because everything is timed, we don't like it when people just say what someone else said just so that they can hear it said again in their own voice. Uh, I also don't like it when people just repeat themselves uh, when someone has just made that point. You know, it's funny. I also don't like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a good point, Jonathan. Uh, And I, I, just to piggyback. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, one of my favorites is that when you, you just replace the fractions with percentages. Mm-hmm. Right? So if someone says three fourths, just like so seventy five percent. What are you some kind? Of, are you some kind that's of a, wizard doing math? <laughs> if you want to get invited like to something like House of Genius, that's how you gotta start. You gotta learn these tricks. So what what we do is we say instead of instead of that, just say plus one. If, if someone said something, you yeah, like, I did like that. Just say plus one. So we instituted a plus one policy. Uh, and hmm. and that made you'd be amazed uh, how much that speeds along what would otherwise be a very slow and plodding lunch conversation. Uh, I, uh, I did, that just gave me a thought, slightly off topic, but um, uh, do you find that that helps with uh, a problem uh, that mo- a lot of folks are aware of, commonly known as mansplaining? Oof, yes. This, the plus one system. This 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 uh, all but kills mansplaining. Interesting. Which is which is good because mansplaining is annoying. Uh, 
and and really, that's not even actually, mine. Jonathan. <laughs> and that's not mansplaining even... serves a vital purpose. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, that's sorry, Cindy Blumenthal. Oof. Sorry, uh, <laughs> topical humor. <laughs> You Sorry. know, the, the reality is mansplaining <laughs> is annoying whether you stand up or sit down to pee. And, and, uh, and the plus one serves two functions in my mind. One, it saves time. And two, I think it builds a little bit of camaraderie, right? Because if, you, definitely did. if you say something and someone else just says what you said, like, I don't know about you, but when someone does that to me, I just hate them a little more inside right there's there's a part of me that says oh you know what if the if the ship is going down you might get the last life preserver uh so to give a little bit of pushback mm -hmm. i had a, a, a friend uh from college still a good friend of mine lives in town named john solid who i don't think listens but if he does hi john yeah. uh he uh <laughs> and he like gives me a hard time for this sometimes but so he has a, a habit of making comments uh that are very that i find very funny that the group that he the timing's bad and the group doesn't really hear it when he says it right so very many 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 hundreds of times john has said something that no one really like heard mm -hmm. and then i have repeated it with better comic timing and much louder and everybody laughs you're just regifting. <laughs> well and so i've you know and like i feel for like i can see why john would get upset at me for that i did almost fall down i, I saw people that. at home can't hear that i almost fell down it was an almost fall. It was. It's a very small. <laughs> I'm using a different chair than I normally it's, use. It's a very the... small chair that you're sitting on. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I, you know, no one like if I hadn't repeated, if I hadn't repeated it louder and with better comic timing, that laugh wouldn't have happened. What you're saying is if you haven't, if you hadn't repeated it louder and with better comic timing, it wouldn't have happened for anyone. Right. But see, so, what you just did was not louder, nor did it have better comic timing. No, no. You did not add any value to my, maybe to my not, phrasing. Maybe not for you, but it made me laugh. Yeah. Fair point. So, so that, that is... His jokes would have been... They're, all of these jokes would have been lost to the that wind. That is a social good. What you're doing is, <laughs> is increasing the world's happiness factor. If you are using your louder and better timed voice mm -hmm. uh, to amplify someone else's I think that's okay and what I should be doing in that situation is like John just said something very funny or finding a way to like you know get yeah, in the credit if, if you did that John would never learn right and you know what he has become louder <laughs> exactly so he's quite loud now yeah. <laughs> to, to all the dozen of you who are listening I just pointed and winked to, to indicate my approval you're welcome to sell it so he works for Comcast or some sort of terrible thing oof. Yeah. So, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, I, I it's don't, not. It's like they're so the association of which, like the the cable telecommunications gotcha. communications association, gotcha. some like, something terrible, like the iHeartRadio version of. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as it happens, the plus one does cut down on on the repeater, uh, but it also builds affinity, uh, because that's a way for for someone to say, hey, what you just said is awesome, and I recognize that, and let's move on. It's neat. It's given me some some actual thoughts about how we hand out our feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, all of our evaluators. Have, so one, I want to start connecting evaluators who are reading the same proposal, which is a big difference, I think, between the unfunded list and your program. Yeah. Is while I do have evaluators reading the same proposal, they're not talking to each other about it. I think if I were to add that in, right, connect, I'd be like, hey, you six have a month to read this proposal. Here's your email addresses. You know, 
and if they or maybe even facilitate like a chat with them or something i think we might end up starting to get more feedback uh and then the other the other thing i was thinking about is when i read all the feedback that comes in from them there is often repeated information often often obviously repeated information because they're not currently not coordinating uh and i just sort of make i am repeating it in the feedback report so they know that multiple evaluators told them that but uh you know i think i could be saving time and make my report shorter uh by like maybe putting up front like repeated themes or plus one themes or come up with my own. I won't steal your term. Oh, you just gave me a glare. Mm. No, you, know, you, can, you, know, you can... You <laughs> is can, plus one available for use or is that a copyrighted House of Genius thing? Uh, copy, trademark House of Genius. But uh, it is it is something that I highly suggest using. What I wasn't giving you the stink eye. I was, I was actually thinking about... Mm. Things that that's what you look like when you think. Yeah, it's that's, it's uh, that's not, why it's I had never pleasant. seen it before. So very very few people have. <laughs> it's something. It's something I usually do in a room that's darker and smaller than, than this one. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that's something we could talk about after after this. I have. Some that's very neat. No, and I think you know down the road we could uh, you know I think uh, the folks that are appearing before your crowds mm-hmm. probably have written proposals that could be evaluated and by and I would vice, so. and vice versa. Uh, and I and I think that like you know I've met a lot of folks that can write a grant grant proposal but would struggle to stand up in front of a crowd like that and also folks that could stand up in a crowd like that do great but can't write their thoughts uh, and so I think that you know uh, just in general closing the feedback loop in philanthropy yeah. is like uh, dominates my my mind uh, yeah. lately. Well, um, I'll tell you what what dominates my mind almost all the time is that we've developed a very unhealthy way of engaging with entrepreneurs and really with innovators of any kind right and that's uh, and evidence of that is the media are the media around it right so for example we have shark tank right and the apprentice and all of these terrible shows that i put shark tank i wouldn't put shark tank in the same category as the apprentice um well uh, i don't think it's a good representation of how entrepreneurship happens hosts aside uh what I thought, who knows, O'Leary might run for president under the Mr. Universe or whatever, like, what are, Mr., what's his stupid, Mr. Wonderful Mr. persona? What, 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 I mean, what is, is like, I, that can't be how that, that guy's not like that. It's a, it's, he's playing a TV character. I, I can't imagine that, that, <laughs> that that's a world that we live in. <laughs> that said, all of these shows, and even, even business plan competitions, in a way, treat entrepreneurs in a way that reminds me of how we would treat prisoners and, and, and animals in the Coliseum type days, or right? just in general as contestants. Yeah, we, we they tr- didn't. They're doing this stuff because they want to solve a social problem, not because they want to compete for prizes. Right. We're 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 basically trotting them out for uh, our amusement under you know. And in my experience, a lot of these folks are the kind of folks that you know, in back in school or whatever, didn't really go in for the like let's all win trophies and compete on the football team type universe. And I think very you know we have we sort of repeat that. Mm-hmm. For these, uh, particularly high-profile entrepreneurship contests or whatever, not that recognizing entrepreneurs in public, uh, you know, or trying to have more substantive content around entrepreneurship on pro- during prime time is not the right mm-hmm. direction. But well, it's, they're not gladiators. It's it, it's it's what we do with them, right? And entrepreneurs, in my experience, show up in all shapes and sizes. Uh, and mm-hmm. and the one thing that they have in common is that. Is it true? Yeah, I think it's true that all of them are scared, right? All of them are trying to bring something into life 
they're not sleeping at night. They're probably, they probably have less money than they need in a lot of cases. And they're putting a lot on the line to do something that they believe in. And what doesn't feel good as someone who's done it before and, and done it successfully, by the way, I'm not, uh, you know, mm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not airing grievances here. What doesn't feel good is going out and pitching to a room full of people who are judging you in a competition type format, right? Uh, what would feel better is to go into a room of people and say, hey, let me be honest with you. This is really freaking hard and, and I need help. And this is a room full of people who all have interesting ideas, an interesting way of looking at this. And if we could just pool our resources for 20 minutes, I would probably be a year ahead of where I am. You know, you know, in terms mm -hmm. of answering these questions and moving ahead. I think a lot. I think there are uh, funders and investors that would be quite responsive to a pitch like that, and then, but unfortunately, still others that would be that would be extremely dismissive uh, yeah. of something of that sort, and, and who general do look at. I think you know, you've given me a really interesting thought, like that um, we do have kind of a whole market that uh, turns social entrepreneurs into entertainment yeah. for us. Um, and there's, you know, it can be very entertaining. One, it can help us with that, um, you know, when something horrible happens in the news, uh, knowing that these heroes are out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is, in fact, one of my favorite Mr. Rogers quotes. Uh, he actually he did an episode uh, about if you see bad news, something in the news, uh, uh, and you need to deal with that, look for the helpers. And that's, I think that's really good. Like when something, when a bad thing happened, look for, and that's sort of what you were saying before. Mm -hmm. Look for the people who were, who were there when it happened and who were ready to help. Yeah. And that's every single, no matter how bad the tragedy, there were people uh, trying to help. That's how, I think that's a really good way to keep your uh, humanity and it's also a good way to find um, you know, an outlet to, to work with. See how they're helping, see how you can help the, the helpers or possibly become uh, one of them. You know, and I think, but that the, the whole market of turning the helpers into entertainment um, is, you know, I think that's problematic. One, it could cause the helpers to, and it often does, cause them to compete with each other. Uh, for instance, you and I are both providing feedback to folks. There's an alternate universe uh, where, you know, for instance, if we were, you know, trying to fundraise from the same donor, like there's a donor out there who's interested in funding feedback systems, you know, that it could cause, a, the market could cause you and I to become direct competitors for funds. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's not, the, the feedback gap is our competitor. <laughs> Not it, 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 making it you and I competitors is, is, is silly. One, because I will defeat you. Obviously. <laughs> the, just, just, on, just on beard density alone. <laughs> Any sort of beard contest is just not going to go your way, my friend. <sighs> Oh, have I'm, you? It looks I always, like it, I always knew it, but I guess I had. You now you've heard it. it. Yeah. It's it's a solid foundation. I Thank feel you. like you could grow up. Is it oh, red? I, I it is red. I could grow it out. It, it it's fiery red, unlike my so what's my head hair, what's which is stopping brown. You? If you owned a pet lion, would you be the shaving man. its mane? Oof. Wow, you've just argued against <laughs> against manscaping in general. <laughs> yeah. Oof. I don't know if you can see me right now, but <laughs> uh, we're not doing is, a lot of training. As, as this is not, you know, filmed in front of a live studio audience, it's fair to say that we are both naked. Yeah. Well, you know, this time of year, the ACA has a hard time uh, catching up to Keeping the up. climate, so yeah. it, is, it is warm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you have any closing remarks for the folks at home? You know, I do. Uh, 
there are a lot of things that go on in the world, right? People trying to to support education, people trying to support uh, jobs, food, water. Those are all wonderful things to do, and all of them matter. Uh, my my plug here, and uh, for for now and for always, is that none of that stuff matters. None of it matters at all without building communities, right? Without building the communities that care about and support each other, that care about and support entrepreneurs, that care about and support education, that care about and support women and equal rights for everyone. When we build those communities, we create a context for all the good that's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. I, I, I could drop this microphone over here, but it looks very expensive. Yeah, I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> we have a very fancy case for it, but <laughs> we'd like to keep it, just to keep it there on that shelf, precariously off of the edge. I mean, the right? shelf doesn't even look that well attached to the wall. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it like... It has I, actually fallen before. I believe you. No, we did build it. Uh, we are uh, uh, we built this ourselves. I didn't do a whole lot of the work, but a uh, guy named Steve Surreal built this room. Good work, Steve. With his with his beard, and this actually it's funny. He comes here often with his dog, mm -hmm. and the, this rug used to be in their bedroom. So every time he comes, the dog like comes right into here and lays down on the rug. Ooh, you haven't taken a blacklight to this rug, have you? <sighs> no. Maybe uh, that's something we can do after we. Uh, I think it might be a bad idea. After we go off. Well, it's a co-working space, and sometimes some of us work late. Oof, no. And on that no, note. No, no, no more words. As always, I want to thank our host, The Lookout DC, which is a beautiful co-working community for filmmakers located in the Adams Morgan neighborhood of Washington, DC. I want to thank our host, Jonathan Benenson. Uh, I want to thank everybody at home for listening. Uh, and good luck with your funding.